Bass Edge Radio. Commence broadcast in three, two, one. You're listening to The Edge. Everything bass fishing. Coming to you worldwide from MegaWare Keel Guard Studios. And here we are, Bass Edge Radio, March 1, 2019. Aaron, I'm going to tell you, down here in South Texas, the spring is in the air. I'm having to mow the lawn. There's a couple of flowers blooming. We're getting creeping here, Bubba. Well, you must be hoarding it all because that is not the case for the Midwest. As a matter of fact, I'm just kind of really, really sick of the, of the colder weather. And, and certainly to our northern brethren that I'm probably uh, sound like a whiner. I am kind of a whiner, I guess. But anyway, yeah. I'm Polar I'm, vortexes all around. Polar <laughs> yeah, yeah, polar vortex. <laughs> hey, but as always, Bass Edge Radio is brought to us by our great partners, MegaWare Keel Guard. Make sure, check out the first do-it-yourself keel protector, all of the products including the Scuff Buster, the Flex Step, the Pontoon Guard, so many to mention. But also remember, you can get the 15% off by simply going to their website, keelguard.com, and typing in all caps, one word, the code BASSEDGE. Hey, Kurt, I know you've been kind of busy on the uh, front end of the camera, I understand. Yeah, I have been, Aaron. And I can't remember if we chatted about this uh, in our last episode, talking about Rayburn, but I've begun this YouTube. YouTube series. Uh, I say it's a series. It's basically clips of my tournament days. So I want to encourage all Bass Edge listeners to go out and check it out. Actually, FLW has been posting them, which is really cool. So uh, you can also see them at flwfishing.com and just look for the uh, GoPro stuff and uh, you'll see some of my videos there. But the best place to check them out is at my YouTube channel, Kurt Dove. And you can go there and subscribe. You should check out the Toho stuff, man. It's pretty cool. I did some sight fishing day one. You see me catch a nice four pounder and there's a wicked hook set in there bro it's wicked (laughs) the fish kicked my butt for about three seconds and then i you know kicked its butt (laughs) but but anyway it's a cool deal man i've really enjoyed doing it actually uh posted the day two which ended up being a little photo montage which uh wasn't exactly what it was supposed to be but cameras don't work exactly how you want them all the time but uh man it's just been a lot of fun really enjoyed doing that youtube stuff i've had a lot of fun with it so continue to check that out as we move on in the season Marin, i gotta mention to you really quick how about the bass edge motel (laughs) Yeah. Uh, For those who maybe are just joining us, yeah, that's a great point, Kurt. I'm assuming you're referencing Paul Mueller, who uh, recently we had on Bass Edge. I believe it was episode 296, January 15th. So kind of the joke is that uh, when people appear on Bass Edge, good things happen to them in the media, whether it's winning a tournament, finishing in the check line. There's just a lot of good stuff that's going on there. And with Paul uh, winning Lanier, you know, keeps our record going, Kurt. Yes, it does. And actually, we're going to keep the show going into the protecttheharvest.com tackle tip helping you catch more fish. This episode's protecttheharvest.com tackle tip with Terry Bolton. Whenever you're fishing crankbaits, lipless crankbaits, jerkbaits, any treble hook bait, whenever you're doing that, be sure and carry a small box of extra treble hooks. And a lot of times throughout the day, if you're catching fish, if you're in a tournament, if you're catching a number of fish, or even if you're catching a few fish, but you're hitting rocks, 
sticks, you're getting hung up, you're catching fish, you're taking your pliers, you're undoing the hooks out of the fish, your pliers are hitting those ends of those hooks, you're dulling them. And, and a lot of times what I tell people is carry extra treble hooks and throughout the day, maybe once, sometimes twice, sit down in the boat, put on a fresh set of treble hooks, and it can make a big difference in the amount of fish you catch by just changing hooks out on the bait that you're using through the day. And it can also mean whether or not you catch a fish of a lifetime by having a good set of hooks on that lure. You know, because nobody wants a dull hook. And at that point, you hook that 8, 9, 10-pound bass. A lot of times, by the time you realize that hook point's rolled or bent, it's too late. He's gone. So carry some extra hooks. Just remember, change them out throughout the day, especially when you're catching a bunch of fish or you're hitting a bunch of rocks or stumps. And that'll make a difference in how many bass you land on triple hook lures. That's a great tip, Terry. Thanks for sharing. First by land and now by sea. For years, Lucas Oil has been a staple in high-performance vehicles on both the road and track. Now, from the makers of Lucas Oil comes Lucas Marine Products, specifically engineered for marine applications. Protect and lubricate your marine inboard, outboard, or high-performance boat with Lucas Marine Engine Oil or Lucas Synthetic-Based Oil. Learn more about the complete line of Lucas Oil and marine products. Visit lucasoil.com. Nitro Performance Bass Boats. Get pro-level performance with the Nitro Z18, the official boat of Major League Fishing. The Z18, with its nimble handling and versatility, sports many of the features in the larger boats in the line, like a Guardian Live Well, a heavily insulated cooler, dual 8-foot rod storage, and our smooth and fast NVT hull. Every Nitro boat is laid out to do one thing very well, catch fish. Enormous front decks up to 45 square feet on the Z21 allow maximum mobility when battling unruly bass and feature low-profile gunnels for ease of skipping, pitching, flipping, or landing fish. Nitro Performance Bass Boats, pure fishing machines. Kind of keeping the power fishing feed alive here, I want you to dive off into your prepping for Seminole that you're getting ready to uh, kind of hit the water for. Yeah, man, getting ready for the third event of the year, hoping to keep my momentum, as we talked about Paul Mueller's in the last segment, hoping to keep my momentum going here into the uh, third event of the FLW Tour season. Um, Lake Seminole, I've been there a couple times, way back, actually, way, way, way back. I fished the BFL Regional there. Um, I think it was 2004. <laughs> wow. Get this. I remember fishing the mouth of Spring Creek, and it was in the fall. I was flipping hydrillamats, and Trip Weldon was fishing the same area that I was. For folks that don't know, Trip <laughs> Weldon is the tournament director for the Bassmaster Elite Series, and uh, Trip fished and is a great fisherman, and back then was contemplating working on a pro career at the time. But anyway, that's my throwback memory for Seminole. Fished an Elite Series there and cashed a check there a few years back. Uh, B. Height won that event, and uh, so man, I'm tying them up. You know, it's a grass fishery, which I like, so I'm hoping I can put that to use. Um, I still think there's going to be some sight fish going on down there. Beginning of March, you're pretty much going to have you know that Georgia-Florida line. You're probably going to have fish in all three stages, meaning yeah. you're going to have some pre-spawn, some spawning, some post-spawn. you got to really think of Lake Seminole as a Florida fishery, yeah. not really a standard Georgia fishery. Well, and great points. Good advice there because my experience dates way back as well. Speaking of throwbacks, and it goes back to the TV days. It was oh, with Scott 
Scott Suggs on the episode, and certainly check out the Bass Edge DVDs. Great episode, but it's a legendary lake, Kurt, and oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> not so much on the fishing part that I'm going to throw out here, but what I remember is just the beauty, the peat moss hanging down over the trees, but also you better not get out of the boat lanes on plane. <laughs> I mean, they need a traffic cop out there directing boat lanes because it's nasty. You know, that lake was built, I believe, in the 60s, and boats back then aren't the same size they are now, and they haven't recut those lanes, and when you pass someone else in the boat lanes, it's a tight squeeze. Dead white knuckled, man, I'm telling you. So, uh, hey, moving along, though, we had some events that took place. The first two MLF, Jordan yes. Lee, Edwin Evers pulls off, and uh, I understand there was some interesting uh, we've got this first cast thing going on coolest thing i think that mls has brought i mean mls has been here for many years you know i've fished the format it's a great format it's a lot of fun I'm not sure of the applicability of the format to everyday weekend anglers it's hard to gather up 50 marshals for a 50 boat tournament but that's neither here nor there what is really cool is this first cast thing it's almost like the baseball's first pitch so uh johnny morris down at the kissimmee chain first mls event he threw out the first cast and then at lake conroe they had washington redskin quarterback x university of texas quarterback throughout the first cast at conroe wow so um it's gonna be i think it's gonna be fun to watch of who they get throwing out the first casts they've got another event coming up you know the end of march and uh, that's over in north carolina and then of course they go to chickamauga after that so it'll be cool to see who uh who they get to throw out those first casts another crazy thing aaron they had a public service announcement for a welcome to texas for the ml Enough of that from George W. Bush. <laughs> well, there you go. I'm, it's not every day that uh, you get a former president sending That's off right. uh, kind of the, the shotgun sound. Yeah, it was kind of like a YouTube clip. Did, did you know, he tweet or, it? Did he tweet it? Or? I, don't, I don't know that he did. <laughs> okay. All right. um, I only saw it on the MLS site. But, uh, I, again, I thought it was some nice flavor. You know, the cool thing about all these events and tours, you know, with FLW and Bass and MLF is that you're going to get these – cool little tweaks that everybody can kind of get going and, and imply their own thing. You know, MLF has some of what FLW has done in the past and FLW has a little bit of what MLF does and vice versa with Bass and FLW and, and Bass and MLF and, and this all continue to just grow the sport. So I, well, I think all these, really all these acronyms are confusing, but one thing yeah. I do think that is happening at the end of the day, does it help you and I and a lot of Bass Edge listeners catch more fish, the stuff that we're talking about? Not directly, but I do think there's an indirect benefit that all of us are receiving, and that is the fact that it's attracting more awareness to the sport, perhaps getting people introduced to the sport that would not have otherwise been, which ultimately puts more money, puts more tax revenues, and hopefully out of that, we can grow the sport, provide conservation, and at the end of the day, just have a good time, right? Yeah, yeah, no question. It's good entertainment, and we'll continue to have good entertainment from bass fishing more than we've ever had in the past. And talking about good entertainment, Aaron, it's time for the Lucas Oil Angler Spotlight. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with the BASS Elite Series Fishery. I'm BASS Elite Angler Skylar Hamilton. This is FLW Tour Angler James Nigelman. I'm professional angler Mark Rose. I'm professional angler Britt Myers. This is FLW Tour Champion David Williams. Stay tuned for more Bass Edge Radio. 
know the importance of protecting your investments. So why use anything else other than the original and toughest DIY keel protector for your boat? MegaWare Keel Guard. Grinding sand, abrasive rocks, and concrete ramps are no match for our exclusive contoured edge and patented technology. MegaWare Keel Guard keel protectors are made tough and made to stick. Their do-it-yourself installation takes less than an hour, providing the longest-lasting, most dependable keel protection for your boat. Guaranteed for life. Developed specifically by boat builders, offering the best keel protection in the industry. Also for MegaWare Keel Guard, Sked Guard, FlexStep Pro, and Pontoon Guard. So give your boat the performance edge. Put on the protection the pros pick. MegaWare Keel Guard. The Bassmaster Elite Series is two events into 2019, and look at it, nearly a month break with the Bassmasters Classic set off to go in mid-March. Our featured angler in this episode is no stranger to hovering around the top of the AOI standings and is currently sitting in sixth place. Great to have on the show Bass Elite Series Pro, Brandon Card. Thanks for hanging with us today, Brandon. Yeah, thanks, Kurt. Thanks, Aaron. I appreciate you guys bringing me on today. Absolutely. Brandon and uh, you know for kind of your performance standards you took it a little bit on the chin in 18 but 2019 is off to a really good start are you seeing anything that you're leaving behind from last year that is helping so far in 2019 yeah, you know, definitely. Last year, I think I had just a really bad game plan. So basically, you know, I, I love fishing shallow. I love power fishing. I watched Bill Lowen do it year after year. I watched Greg Hackney do it. I was trying to force that way too much last year, and everybody just kicked my butt with a spinning rod last year. So this year, I'm definitely switching things up for sure. So you pick up a fairy wand and things are getting better. Is that what I'm hearing? <laughs> yeah. So actually, like, this is the first time that I have actually went to Florida with the intentions of throwing a spinning rod. And, I mean, I, I was planning on mixing it in, but it actually turned in to literally an all-out spinning rod deal in Florida and uh, I caught a 9.5 on a spinning rod under a dog. He had me wrapped up for like 45 seconds. It was I was about to throw up, but he finally slammed out. So that just kind of set the tone. And then we went out to Lanier the very next week. And obviously, you know, that's going to be a spinning rod event. Sure. Um, so here I am, two tournaments in, and I've literally caught almost every fish that I've weighed in on a spinning rod, with the exception of, you know, a few crankbait fish that I weighed in. Uh, last week. Man, Brandon, that's awesome. That's very telling. I was actually watching some of the uh, footage from Bassmaster.com. Saw some great footage of you at Lanier catching a 5-plus. That was pretty awesome. But talking about the spinning rods in Florida, I saw John Cruz catching 11 and change on a spinning rod down there in Florida, too. So sounds like you're on to something. John Cruz was on to something, and spinning rods got you in the top 10 of the AOI. So that's a great place to be. You know, a few seasons ago... I think it was 2013 you led the AOI a few tournaments into the season. As your career mm-hmm. has matured, and since then, are there steps that you've learned to take or work with the pressure of being inside the classic cut during the season versus outside the cut? Not really. You know, I, I just feel like it's really crucial in any sport to get off, you know, to a fast start. I mean, especially bass fishing, it seems like, you know, if you can have a good first or second tournament, 
you know, that just kind of almost snowballs sometimes. Not always, but but sometimes. Last year, I got off to a really bad start at Lake Martin. I was trying to power fish, and, you know, 90% of the checks were caught with the ferry one, fishing with spotted bass, and, you know, obviously talk won it with you know cranking power fishing but you know he was one of the only ones that did that so really i mean i normally try to swing for the senses type deal and you know that's kind of a cliche statement but i just usually try to fish to win and 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 this year i said i don't want to bomb in the first event you know just swinging for it and so honestly that the first event it was it was kind of a a conservative approach just to really get the good mojo going and then you know it just kind of rolled in to last week you know jacking those big spotted bass so yeah i mean you know i think it's a momentum game and hopefully we can keep it going i i really don't like this huge break that we got coming up, but, you know, I didn't make the schedule, so. <laughs> right. Well, you know, talking about momentum, you know, momentum seems to be, like like you mentioned, you know, so key and, and to get off to a good start. You're definitely on your way to uh, another great year. You've had some really successful years in the Elite Series, and, and you've had some bumps in the roads, and I think that's why it's great because, you know, you got the weekend anglers, and they're out there trying to do good in their club events and team tournaments, and, and they're also fishing for championships just like you are and, and I am and Aaron is and everybody else that's out there, you know, loving the tournament fishing scene. But you're right. It's so important to, to kind of get that momentum going in the right direction and then being able to just establish, you know, that good flow throughout the year. So awesome to see it started for you. And I think you took a very strategic approach to do that, which is even better to hear because I think a lot of times people just go fishing. Right. And they're not really thinking mm-hmm. about what they've got to do to be successful. And, and you've taken that to another step. I've got a couple of weird questions, but that's because of the area that you're from in Tennessee. Right. So you're from <laughs> that uh, that kind of eastern Tennessee area. We, you know, we've seen a lot of interesting things come from that area. You got the float and fly came out of there. You know, the Demiki rig came from those areas. The handcrafted wooden plugs, kind of that East Tennessee uh-huh. thing. Jeez, yeah. Kurt, why don't you uh, just kind of further solidify that stereotype? And let, hey, let's throw in corn cob pipes, pecan logs, moonshine, and banjos, and you can, you can really bring it full circle. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Th- that territory of the country's brought a lot of stuff to the fishing industry from that neck of the woods. Yeah. You know, in 2017, the Elite Series event there showed the world to, you know, really, uh, strangely enough, I'm going to just say they're odd tactics for fishing. You don't see that a whole lot of places. Let's chat about a few of those techniques, why and when they're effective, and when can somebody that's, you know, listening to Bass Edge, trying to do some different stuff and have some fun and fishing, try some of these techniques. Yeah, you know, and honestly, almost all the techniques that, that you mentioned are cold water techniques. I mean, float and fly, cold cold water, Demiki cold water, you know, the flat-sided wooden crankbait cold water. Mm-hmm. So I think we just live in an area where wintertime fishing is probably like the best time of year to fish. I mean, yeah, obviously the, the, the spring's really good, you know, during the spawn. But around here in East Tennessee, fishing in the winter is way better than the summer, way better than the fall. So there's a lot of diehard fishermen here in East Tennessee, and um, we all know that the fishing really kicks off whenever it gets cold. And, you know, thankfully, we're in a part of the country where our lakes never freeze. 
so that's something too you know is just being able to get out there if you can brave the elements and you know bundle up enough you can go out there and, and really catch a lot of fish so yeah i mean it's pretty interesting that a bunch of hillbillies uh, have <laughs> you know ha- have actually created these techniques you know that that are you know now worldwide techniques you know most of the techniques come from uh the smart intelligent japanese that right, we right. bring over from the west <laughs> right uh, but honestly like the Damiki and float and fly those are literally my two least favorite techniques <laughs> Really? <laughs> so That's pretty interesting. Yeah, it's just I don't I don't know why. I mean, I, I should be a specialist at it living here, but uh, I mean, I definitely love throwing a flat sided crane bait. Now I've been doing that since I was you know probably in middle school, but those other two techniques just drive me crazy. So, is there any other crazy inventions that we don't know about yet of techniques that the folks over there in Tennessee are conjuring up? I don't think so. I mean. Well, there's one other one. I, I don't know if it was created in East Tennessee, but I think it was. I actually wrote an article about it because I'm friends with the guy that's I don't know if he started it, but he's the one that made it popular. And I and I called him the godfather of tightlining. And okay. tightlining, y'all probably heard of tightlining, right? Yeah, isn't that kind of like a Demiki rig fishing, or, or is that different? Well, so basically, tightlining and and Demiki fishing, you know, you're using just a minnow bait. But the big difference is that Demiki fishing, you're fishing vertical, you know, catching fish, you know, deep off of your electronics. Tightlining is kind of a morph between Demiki and float and fly. So, and so basically what uh, my buddy uh, Nathan Light does, which I call him the godfather of tightlining, okay. he throws a three-inch gold minnow on an eighth-ounce jig head with straight six-pound fluorocarbon. He's convinced that braid does something to the action. And I've witnessed it. I've been side-by-side with him, and I've tried to throw it on braid. I can outcast him. I can do everything except outfishing. He outfishes me every time with that straight six-pound fluorocarbon. But basically what he does is he just, you know, we're fishing down a bank that you would probably float and fly. You know, we're just kind of 45 and, you know, making 45-degree cast, letting that, you know, eighth-ounce, Gulp minnow just, you know, hit, and basically as soon as it hits the water, we're shaking the rod tip and just letting it pendulum all the way back to the boat. So basically we're catching those suspended fish that the floating flyer catches, but we can cover five times more water. And that really is a technique that I enjoy because I can keep moving and it's not like watching grass grow like with right, the fly. Right. That sounds a little bit like uh, kind of the technique that we use on table rock, Brandon, with the grub of throwing it out on just a round ball jig head and kind of, like you said, on a little bit of those steeper banks where you might throw a jerk bait or something like that and just let it kind of come back and let that curly tail just kind of kick as it goes down through the water column. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. It, it, it's the same thing. It's just you're imparting the action on that little minnow, whereas the uh, grub just kind of does it itself. Gotcha. One quick thing I want to ask is water temps. You know, we're just about to get into March right here. We're taping right before March 1st, and obviously our March 1st episode here. What water temps, you know, talking about these techniques, when do they kind of start turning off? 
for the uh, for the East Tennessee te- yes. cold water techniques. Yeah. To be honest with you, they're all yeah about that same water temp. The colder, the better, obviously. But they start turning off probably around that 52 degree mark. That's when the crankbait, you know, like the actual square bill crankbaits and mm-hmm. the jerk baits start taking over, and these other techniques start fading. So yeah, I mean, you know, I I feel like that 52 degree temp. That's kind of when the fish make a shift from they're a little bit more you know, dormant, you know, kind of lethargic. Uh, once it starts getting 52, 53, they, they start getting a lot more aggressive and move shallower. And, you know, and then that's kind of when the other techniques start to, you know, the normal traditional springtime techniques, you know, start taking over. So beyond that, Brandon, you know, your geographic location is similar to kind of mine in Missouri. Anglers are, are just really starting to get into the fishing groove as spring is just a few weeks down the road. Concerning the weather, are you looking for to help you pick the best days to get out on the water, perhaps uh, for the weekend angler that's trying to get out and just catch a few fish? I would say it has to do with the species that you want to catch. So if you're wanting to go jerk on some largemouth and you just want to catch some largemouth relatively shallow, I would say the bluebird sunny day after maybe like a heavy rain, you can get back in some dingy water on those sunny days that muddy water warms up quickly and you know a lot of those largemouth are a lot shallower than people think and so you could get up in there at dingy water flip a jig and, and jerk on some largemouth you know whereas if you want to go catch some smallmouth I would say the nastier weather the better so that, those are those super cloudy you know rainy spitting snow days the Type of days that you just want to, you just want to sit in front of a fireplace and drink coffee. Those are the smallmouth days you need to be out on the water. Nice. Those are some great tips, Brandon. We're going to take a short break. I'm going to power pole down and bass edge. We'll be back in a moment. Patented in 2000, perfected over years of testing and real-world punishment, the Power Pole is the ultimate shallow-water boat positioning tool. Swift, Power Pole deploys in seconds from anywhere in your boat. Virtually silent, Power Pole won't spook wary fish. Secure in strong current or gusting winds in up to 8 feet of water. Engineered to take it with a lifetime unconditional replacement guarantee on the spike. Power Pole, swift, silent, secure. Visit PowerPole.com to find a dealer near you. Bass Edge Radio presented in part by Lorance Electronics returns with BASS Elite Series Pro Brandon Card in the Lucas Oil Angler Spotlight. That's right, Lucas Oil high-performance marine products for oil that surpasses all manufacturers' requirements. Be sure to visit the BassEdge.com store for free shipping on all Lucas products. It works. Brandon, just before the break, we started talking a little bit about some spring bassing and specifically want to kind of dive into Highland Reservoirs. You know, I live down here on Lake Amistad, Highland Reservoir. Still a little bit different than what's found in Tennessee. I think we've got a few more flats than y'all have up there, but what types of presentations are you going to start leaning on once, you know, that water temperature, as you said, kind of starts moving out of that winter phase and starts moving into that, you know, mid-50 range? Yeah, you know, I would probably put the flat side of crankbaits down and I would start picking up more just the traditional erratic action crankbait. So square bills, you know, maybe just those, you know, medium running crankbaits. There's a great square bill by Yozuri that runs a little bit deeper than some of the other ones, but I want to keep covering water like we do 
you know, with a flat side of crankbait, but I'm just going to just fish up a little bit shallower. And, and honestly, those fish are just a little bit more aggressive. So, you know, that wider wobble is definitely going to be a key. So I want to do that until I find them. You know, I'm just going to cover water until I find the fish. And then, right. you know, if I find a concentration of fish on a bank or, you know, what have you, I'm going to pick up a jig. You know, if it's clear water, I'm going to throw a finesse jig and, and kind of, you know, pull my boat back off the bank. If it's dingy water, then I'm going to get up there and I'm going to flip the pitch with the jig. But I love that early spring jig bite. It's awesome. So along those lines, Brandon, how will you determine when to target an approaching bass behavioral pattern? For instance, you know, you hear of anglers targeting fish coming to them. When do those types of gambles pay off? I think that that's what the guys do that win tournaments. They're forward thinkers. You know, they find fish in practice, but they know that they're going to be somewhere else once the tournament starts. And, you know, that's what separates the tournament winners from the guys that are scratching their head and saying, you know, by golly, man, I had such an awesome practice and I can't believe I finished 72nd place. You know, that happened to me about seven out of nine tournaments last year. So you just have to constantly be thinking of where the fish are moving to. And that's the tricky part about what we do. I mean, these fish move so much, especially, you know, in the springtime when most of our tournaments are from one week to the next, from, you know, two or three days to the next, um, they're constantly on the move. So I feel like those situations where you find fish maybe out on the main lake, maybe on a Thursday, you know, and you're practicing for a Saturday tournament and you pull back up on that bluffy bank that you're catching them on on Thursday practice and you don't catch any. And the angler that keeps moving his way back to the creek and, you know, he finds them loaded up on those secondary points, you know, that's the guy that's going to win the tournament. Whereas, you know, somebody else may pull up to that bluffy bank, fish it, and then he's like, oh, man, they're not here anymore. And then he goes and fishes another bluffy bank. And then he waits his whole day just chasing the pattern that's not even there. And all along, those fish are just 500 yards, you know, down the bank just in that next little creek. It's a tricky thing, and you can miss it so easily. For sure. Those are great tips as far as keeping people moving and, you know, trying some of those different things, especially in those seasonal changing conditions, which, like you said, is when most of our tournaments are. Brandon, I wanted to mention that, man, I really enjoy your blog on Bassmaster.com. And for those that haven't checked it out, you should go to Bassmaster.com. They have a little blog section on there, and Brandon does a blog every several weeks. And, man, you've got a lot of great stuff. Recently, I've seen one on sponsorships. I saw one on technology, you know, kind of innovation and keeping up with technology. What's been the one blog, you've done several, that you've had the most feedback on? I host a college and high school bass tournament every year, and uh, that's probably the one that I've got the best feedback on. So, you know, all these student anglers, you know, this this past year we had 290-something student anglers fish my event. Every year they're always like, you know, hey, you know, I'm trying to get sponsors. I'm trying to get sponsors. You know, please, you know, tell me what I need to do. I've been beating the bushes. and. And so I was like, I was like, these student anglers are driving me crazy because <laughs> they they have it all backwards. And so like, I, I was like, I'm just gonna write a blog, you know, because I'm gonna just lose my mind. So uh, I just wrote that column about fishing as a high school and college angler and, and what I feel that they should do. You know, obviously that's what I did. You know, I don't have the perfect system, but I do feel like these student anglers focus 
way more on sponsorships than they do on fishing and they need to be out fishing like you got to qualify to fish a professional circuit before you can really get some good sponsorship deals i mean I tried to get sponsorship deals out of college. You know, I tried to get sponsorship deals in college, and all I did was just waste my time. And it's funny because at the time, I was like, I've had success at the college level. You know, why wouldn't these companies sponsor me? And now I see it. I'm like, well, there's hundreds of professional anglers that have a huge platform, and it's hard for us to get sponsors. So. I get it now. It's just hilarious that, you know, while I was in college, I thought I deserve sponsor, you know. So right. I, I wasted some time doing that, but I finally realized, like, like, hey, I'm just going to fish. Like, I'm going to try to perfect my craft on the water and really try to do the sponsorship game, you know, later on. And so, I, you know, I talked about how important it is to network and to establish friendships and, you know, right. talk to people in the industry, but don't twist their arm for sponsorship deals. Sure. Not sure. As student so, Brandon, on that, would you advise them, do you catch more fish sporting the beard or no beard? <laughs> uh, well, right now I'm, I'm all about the beard, but, uh, you know, <laughs> like if, I, if I'm in a slump, I, I shave that beard off and you know, try, to, try to get a clean slate. <laughs> that is so awesome. I actually remember Keith Pochet did something very similar where he was catching a bunch of fish and his beard got stupid crazy and uh, he's like i'm not shaving it i'm not shaving it. i'm catching fish i'm good <laughs> <laughs> so that's cool i think all of us silly fishermen have some good superstitions so glad to hear you uh, too. Yeah, we're, we all spend way too many days on the water by ourselves and we're all pretty much crazy. <laughs> well, yeah that's right <laughs> well hey like in your blog you give a lot of great tips and and for right this moment we have a nitro performance Performance Bass Boat listener question right here on Bass Edge Radio. And we got a question that was sent in by a gentleman named Jordan Bro, I think it is. It's got that Cajun twist to it, so I'm not 100% sure. Jordan asks, when you're on the water, whether it be in a tournament or pre-fishing, how much time do you generally give a pattern or bait before deciding to switch gears if it's not producing? Well, you know, I grew up watching Kevin Van Dam. He's obviously most guys idle, you know, when you're when you're younger. And I remember just being a little boy, I don't know how old I was, probably ten or eleven. And he said, Ten minute roll. I got a ten minute roll. If I don't do something in ten minutes, I mean either change the base or I'm moving locations. And you know, that has stuck with me my whole life. So I don't probably do a ten minute roll in the tournament. You know, it might be more like a twenty minute roll. I might give things a little bit more in a tournament situation because I feel like I do it You're a little bit better. Right? Yeah, when when I'm around fish, you know, I feel like during the actual tournament competition days I do a little bit better when I fish slowly. But during practice I keep that 10 minute rule like always like I, I just have this mental clock and if something isn't happening in 10 minutes i gotta make a change either a bait change or i'm changing locations and and, and that helps me you know stay on the move and practice and you know cover a lot of water and there's a lot of times that it's worked out obviously last year it worked out great i had great practices i just didn't make the make the changes you won the during tournament. the or, you won the practice yeah. rather <laughs> I, I, I won practice last year. I just had a horrible year. So, I mean, I think Kevin is spot on. I mean, you have to constantly be, you know, changing, you know, just making changes and, and just staying on the move. 
Well, that's uh, great advice for all anglers, quite honestly, not just Jordan. And thanks for answering uh, Jordan's question. Jordan, we appreciate you sending that in. But remember, we need one more thing from you, and that is to contact us, letting us know that you heard Brandon answer your question on the show. And you can do so through our social media outlets, sending us an email at support at BassEdge.com, or simply clicking on the Claim Your Prize segment on BassEdge.com and get us your personal information and we will get out the Bass Edge gift sent directly to your doorstep. And always, Bass Edge listeners, keep firing in those questions. We've had a lot of great questions lately. We're going to get most of them on the shows to come, but shoot those questions to our website at BassEdge.com. There's a little button there Aaron's made up for you to submit a question to a pro. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, You can also uh, have a shot at winning another gift from Bass Edge. Email us, support at BassEdge.com another way to submit those questions or simply comment on our Facebook or Instagram and Twitter media page. Well, Brandon, I want to thank you again for visiting us here at Bass Edge. You're always great at giving folks a solid bass fishing education. Any final thoughts as we uh, wind down? I just, I appreciate you guys having me on and, you know, I kind of touched on the student angler deal, you know, college and high school student anglers and I just want to encourage all the the younger people listening to to get out there on the water you know Bassmaster has everything that you need to work your way up the ranks you know they they have an awesome Bass Nation junior program that stair steps in to the Bassmaster high school program and then the Bassmaster collegiate series so all the younger people listening right now you don't have any excuse at all to not be fishing Bassmaster tournaments and working your way up the rank. So that's my final thoughts, and I, I appreciate y'all having me, Aaron and Kurt, and I uh, hope to do it again real soon. You bet, Brandon. We've got one final thing. It's a little segment we call Four Last Questions for You. First is, what's your favorite Yozuri lure? My favorite Yozuri lure has to be the 3DB pencil. It's kind of a smaller walking bait. It might be just a smidge bigger than like a Spook Jr., but I love that bait. It it casts really well, has an awesome sound to it, and I just I catch a lot of fish on it, and I love topwater fishing. All right, question two. What is the last picture you took with your phone? Uh, Last picture I took with my phone was probably, oh, it was uh, yesterday. I was hanging out with my nephews. My brother brought uh, my three-year-old and one-year-old nephew over, and uh, I was taking some pictures of them playing with my crazy lab puppy. <laughs> That's cool. All right, Kentucky football or basketball? That's a no-brainer, obviously, Kentucky basketball. <laughs> um, Kentucky football has actually came on pretty strong since, I, since I left yeah. there. Um, but for the four years that I was up there at University of Kentucky, we had the worst football program ever. Uh, so everybody would always go to the uh, first half, and then at halftime, everybody would leave, and the stadium would be, like, void of people. It was hilarious. So uh, definitely basketball. It's kind of cool living in Tennessee. You know, now Tennessee basketball is killing it. That's UK right. basketball is killing it. Uh, so it's going to be exciting exciting watching these two teams uh, fight it out, you know, coming into March Madness. You got it. All right. Best of the two lakes, Cumberland or Norris? Ah, well, that's a hard one because, you know, I have a sentimental favorite, obviously, went with (laughs) Norris. That's where I caught my first fish. It's where I caught, you know, my first bass. That's where I 
grew up. So, I mean, I'm going to always have to say Norse because that's my lake. But honestly, from like a population standpoint, Cumberland has a huge population of largemouth, smallmouth, and spotted bass. It's a phenomenal lake. So from a tournament standpoint, Cumberland is definitely a better tournament lake. That's good stuff. Well, Brandon, I appreciate you taking part in our little segment. Four last questions for you. Keep up the momentum and good luck for the remainder of the 2019 season. Radio will return in a moment. You know the importance of protecting your investments, so why use anything else other than the original and toughest DIY keel protector for your boat? MegaWare Keel Guard. Grinding sand, abrasive rocks, and concrete ramps are no match for our exclusive contoured edge and patented technology. MegaWare Keel Guard keel protectors are made tough and made to stick. Their do it yourself installation takes less than an hour, providing the longest lasting, most dependable keel protector for your boat guaranteed for life developed specifically by boat builders offering the best keel protection in the industry also for MegaWare keel guard skeg guard flex step pro and pontoon guard so give your boat the performance edge put on the protection the pros pick MegaWare keel guard Patented in 2000, perfected over years of testing and real-world punishment, the PowerPole is the ultimate shallow-water boat positioning tool. Swift, PowerPole deploys in seconds from anywhere in your boat. Virtually silent, PowerPole won't spook wary fish. Secure in strong currents or gusting winds in up to 8 feet of water. Engineered to take it with a lifetime unconditional replacement guarantee on the spike. PowerPole, swift, silent, secure. Visit PowerPole.com to find a dealer near you. After hearing Brandon's interview, it's almost hard to believe that that's his first time being on the show. Yeah, Aaron, that's right. Brandon, you know, still a really young angler, actually, in the early 30s. And uh, he's been around the block a good bit, had great success in college, and, and does a lot for the youth fishing, as he talked about. This tournament that he puts on there in Tennessee is very successful. I really liked your comment in the interview, Aaron, about the uh, corn cob pipes and the moonshine. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty awesome. But um, Brandon brought to the table, you know, what every bass angler does, you know, a perspective that uh, is really kind of his his own dealio. And, and his dealio this year was to get off to a decent start. He didn't go out there and try and swing for the fence, but the last thing he wanted to do was throw it down the trash. And uh, he brought out the spinning rod in Florida, which a lot of guys did, quite honestly, which is pretty amazing. He even saw a lot of guys at the uh, Bass Pro Tour on Kissimmee throwing spinning rods. But neither here nor there, what he was able to do is Brandon created momentum for himself, took it from Florida with a top 30 finish right into Lake Lanier with a top 10 finish. Now he's sitting sixth in the AOI. He's in prime position to have a wonderful year based on a strategy that got momentum started for him early on. Yeah, no doubt. And speaking of having a wonderful year, you know, it's that time of year to where everybody is gearing up, water's warming up, and and fish are on the move. And just keep in mind that uh, after the episode, flip over to BassEdge.com where there are lots of things that you can continue kind of adding to your bass fishing education IQ. From Jay McNamara's uh, book, Psychology of Exceptional Fishing, we've got all the articles, the how-to 
two videos. You've got the DVD bundles that's on sale. You've got the MegaWare products, everything on there. Free shipping on Lucas Oil, where there's special for four gallons for 99 bucks of the two-cycle oil. So lots of good stuff going on, and certainly cannot forget about social media. So, Kurt, I am going to shut us down, wishing you uh, success at your upcoming event. And uh, two weeks from now, we will be back on air again for the big episode, episode 300. Hard to believe. So that should be interesting. For Kurt Dove, I am Aaron Martin, and the rest of the Bass Edge crew, so long, everybody. We'll see you next time, right here on episode 300. is presented by MegaWare KeelGuard. For more information on Bass Edge or to shop at the Bass Edge online store, visit BassEdge.com and be sure to join Kurt Dove and Aaron Martin right here on another episode of The Edge. Brought to you in part by Nitro Boats, Lucas Oil, ProtectTheHarvest.com, Mercury Marine, Lawrence Electronics, PowerPole, and Rapaholic.com. 